This is the Hans Shot First Podcast. They don't know it, I'm telling you. We'll be talking in-depth about common movie moments from my dead body. With the mix of all things pop culture along the way. Yeah, all Scott. Okay. Welcome everyone to Hot Shot First. I'm Jeff, joined as usual by Scott and Alex. Say hello. Hello. Hey. This week we're talking about Phantasm. Came out in 1979. And I have to scroll down for the rest of the information. Where the hell is it? Uh, Directed by (laughs) Don Coscarelli. Written by Don Coscarelli. Starring A. Michael Baldwin, Bill Thornsbury, Reggie Bannister, others. Also produced oh, by Don Bannister. Oh, there you go. Oh, yeah. So this is a Don Guscarelli joint. Yes. Mm-hmm. Auteur. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, whose was this? Alex's? Yes. All right. Let's talk about it. Um, I didn't watch this movie. This was the first time watching it. But that sphere, which we'll talk about later, I caught on the screen when I was a kid, like, passing by. And somebody was watching the movie. And I just saw this ball, like tearing down a hallway chasing somebody and it looked super cool and then later i learned it was phantasm from you know the box art at the v at the vhs rental store i'm like oh man i should watch that one day and then i never did the there end. you go the yeah end. um i never saw this either until this week and never wanted to see it um so thank you alex yeah you're Finally welcome saw it. Um, I heard of it, so I guess I guess I'm glad I got it out of my yeah, system. It's 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 <laughs> I, I guess it's a cult cult classic. So, so uh, same with you, mm-hmm. Scott, or have you seen? Yeah, I'd, I'd not seen this before, but yes, I was aware of the, I don't even the the eye the the head ball thing. <laughs> yeah, I actually was not aware of that part. I was aware of the tall man as just a yes creepy guy from horror movies but that's all i knew so mm-hmm. so just just want to toss this out that you know the movie's gonna be good when the actors have the same name as the characters they're playing yep <laughs> that's usually and, not yeah and when there's boobies in the first five minutes oh yeah i was reading the trivia those were stunt boobs <laughs> it wasn't the tall man <laughs> no those weren't the tall man's no, real boobs no they were not <laughs> All right, well, let's get into our list. As usual, we're going to each talk about our seven uh, seven items we want to talk about. That doesn't make any sense. Anyway, Scott, mm-hmm. Alex. Alex, go number seven. Uh, my number seven is, uh, spoiler alert, the cliche ending to this movie. Um, when did uh, the first Nightmare on Elm Street come out? That was like 81, right? Uh-huh. Something like that. Yeah. Well, that one, let's just say that ending made more sense in that movie than in this one. <laughs> I knew it was going to happen, and I was already rolling my eyes. and like, okay, this is how this movie's going to end. And I saw it all the way through, and it's like, eh. But that was the thing that irked me the most about this movie. But what are you going to do? It's 1979. Yeah. I think Carrie was the first movie to do this. And then Friday the 13th. Oh, yeah, at the very end with the hand that comes out and grabs right. curly hair girl. What's her face? Yeah, and then Friday the 13th, they did it. So yeah, I think you can blame Carrie. So Nightmare Nightmare on Elm Street was uh, 1984. Oh, okay. So so much later. Okay. All right, yeah, I agree. But it's it's classic. 
you got to do that in horror movies. But yeah, quote, unquote. it's not a uh, doesn't get the, the jump scare anymore that I think that it did originally. Um, all right, uh, I'll go number two. You mean number seven? Okay. Wait, um, are you on the toilet right now? Going number. I'm following you, is what I mean. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going number two. Um, I just, at the very beginning, I was just like, "Oh, that's cool. This kid's riding a dirt bike in the cemetery. What could go wrong?" Yeah, it's right. Just... <laughs> <laughs> and it's not like it wouldn't happen. There'd be punk... I could see punk kids doing that shit somewhere, but just mm-hmm. like, yeah, I just, I just like it would. Be just, even though he is the protagonist, I guess in this movie, like, uh, yeah, don't ride your dirt bike in the cemetery. Nothing good could come from that. At worst, you're going to upset the groundskeeper. And he's probably not a good guy. So, Don't do it. Yep. That's uh, one of my notes as, as I was watching this movie. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my number seven. Scott. All right. My number seven is uh, one of the positive things I have to say about this movie. Uh, <laughs> and that is the, the whole mausoleum set piece. Oh, that uh, was cool. Honorable mention. Uh, it's was, it was, it was pretty cool. Uh, it was, uh, all the, all the, I think it's just all the hard angles and the different hallways and the fact that they're surrounded by dead people. Um, the fact that it's brightly lit um, is cool. It's just kind of a, uh, offsetting the, the horror element, the, the darkness, as it were. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and then some of the scenes that play out there uh, <laughs> are... Eh, they run the gamut from from okay to terrible, but uh, it's also where you first see the 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 head ball thing, which we'll get to. Uh, but yeah, I actually really like the, the mausoleum set piece. I don't remember any other movies like kind of using that uh, particular part of I don't know cemeteries or uh, graveyards. Plus, the I... black and white marbling and stuff was off putting. Yeah. I agree, and this is my number six, so uh, I agree with you. Uh, Alex, what's your number six? Uh, I was debating on this one. I'll, I'll change one of them to my honorable mentions. But my number six is, this was a really small detail, but you know, as an animator, really caught my eye. When the tall man is lifting up the the casket, it's like, okay, it's obviously you know fake, but it's meant to show that he's really strong. And then when he puts it in the car, the whole car shakes. So it's just a subtle way of showing that there's actual, like, real weight in the casket. I was pretty impressed by that, that they added that detail of the car shaking when he, like, dumps the casket in there. Like, oh, shit, this, you know, lends more to the believability that it's, uh, there's a dead body in there. I mean, a casket's already heavy on its own, but that just made it seem even more weighty. Uh, not, not to shit on your point, Alex, but mm-hmm. I would be very surprised if anybody on that set was thinking about that. I know. I'm just going to say probably the, the, the car happened to shake when he threw in there the thing. <laughs> Things still probably weighed a solid like 50 pounds or something like that. But 50, 60 right. pounds. But yeah. yeah the I don't think anyone was like, oh, we need the car to shake when we throw it in there. Uh, maybe. Well, I'm going to agree with both of you. And that just means the tall man is that strong. And he just picked up the real casket <laughs> and put it in there. You Ooh. know what? Good point. <laughs> Didn't think about that. Yeah. Yeah, that was cool. I didn't notice that, but that's a cool fact if you did see it, whether it was on purpose or not. Mm-hmm. Um, My list is full of those. Probably <laughs> not on purpose, but I think they're still cool. <laughs> All right. Well, my number two is the mausoleum. Like Scott said, just it's a really cool. It's a trying to find positives in this movie. <laughs> it was one of the cooler things in this movie. So, uh, Scott, what's your number six? Number six. Uh, so, 
it was equally uh, I thought it was equally cool and equally terrible um, it was the whole tuning fork thing um, the the yeah. whole fact that there's an alien comes right out of left field and is wholly unnecessary but I, I did like that oh yeah like this makes sense there's this horrible noise that's going on for like five minutes now it's because there's vibrations coming through these portal poles I don't tuning know what the forks. hell to call them yeah. Yeah. portal poles yeah but then, then the guy flashes back to that scene where he had to sit there for five minutes and watch him play guitar. <laughs> yeah. so that was a good the, shred session, bro. They, 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 yeah, they, man. They cancel each other out. I, I, yeah. I was rolling my eyes so hard when they start. I'm like, oh god, are they actually gonna? Yep, they're doing it. They're gonna play this whole song. Mm-hmm. They had to sell the soundtrack, man. <laughs> they had to sell something. They had to sell the the Dosecchi, bottle that he was holding. Yeah, <laughs> I noticed that too. Yeah, I think that's that's why. Uh, yeah, thirsty, yeah. My so again, I thought the, the idea behind the tuning fork was cool, uh, but the fact that we had it got set up by the stupid thing where and who the fuck brings a tuning fork when they're just jamming out on guitars? Well, it was nineteen seventy nine. Everybody had one. Okay, yeah, it's acoustic I, guitar. I, I can't dispute that. <laughs> I have much. no idea. When did people stop using tuning forks? I don't know. When the internet became a thing? When they when they introduced tuning sporks? <laughs> yeah. Whoa! You can tune anything. <laughs> All right, Alex, number five. My number five is actually uh, rolls into Scott, it enveloped Scott's uh, tuning fork thing is the sci-fi twist I did not see coming, <laughs> and it made me laugh. So I'm putting it as a positive. <laughs> Yeah, does it, does it, so it's kind of a uh, tree falling in the forest thing. Yeah. <laughs> is it a twist if if it makes you go, like, if it surprises you, <laughs> as opposed to just confusing you? <laughs> yeah. It's like, what? But yeah, I do love the tuning fork callback. I was like, okay, that scene wasn't completely unnecessary, even though it was. But they had the tuning fork. And it was just a practical effect, but I thought it would still look really, really good. When the kid stuck his hand and later his whole body in between the forks and he completely disappeared. That was a cool practical effect. Oh, I thought it was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying, there's no like weird blue outline that they had back then for the green screens and any shit like that. So, it was nice. Uh, they, they were doing that stuff in like Parent Trap. <laughs> well, yeah. It wasn't... Anyway. Yeah, they did it better here. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> they had a big Disney budget for that shit. Yeah. Oh. Let's get together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, my number five is kind of what you guys are. I mean, first of all, I thought the editing in this movie was, I had no idea what was going on. There were some cuts. Like the one time the kids underneath the car and the Jawas come and they start fucking shit up. And then, <laughs> yeah, he immediately doesn't think, oh, man. The car's gonna fall on me. I better get out. <laughs> nope. Yeah. So, so Jeff, well, sorry. Like he hits his. What? Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. I was gonna say, and then he hits his brother in the head, the foot with the hammer. Then he just pops right out. He's of He's just there. standing next to him, right next. The second half yeah. of the shot later, just standing next to yeah, him. Like, yeah. What the fuck? Uh, look, I just want to jump in here real quick. So I, I definitely have Jawas on my list. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm assuming Jeff does. Alex. Honorable mention. Okay. All right. I have more to say about that later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, me too. Um, 
But I just thought I I was confused through a lot of this. Granted, I was really tired when I was watching it. I probably wasn't giving it a hundred percent of my effort, but still, I I shouldn't have to. You give gave it more than enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had no idea what the hell's. And at the end, I was I was surprised. <laughs> yeah, Mike said the sci-fi, but just even without that, I just ugh, jump cuts and I yeah. So bad editing slash what the hell is going on in this movie? It's my number five, mm-hmm. Scott. Okay, <laughs> my number five. Uh, I have it dubbed the jacket fight, <laughs> where the the two brothers have to fight a jacket. For like five minutes, <laughs> I think it was a little longer than five minutes. Just, just the, jeez, uh, the pantomiming that there's yeah. something in the jacket that's flying away, and they're like, <laughs> they're like, like it leaps out of their hands and like banging it against like the wall on the stairs, and they fight to put it down the garbage disposal, and it's still not dead. It's still not dead, but it goes on for like. The whole the whole thing. By the time they actually do get it in the garbage disposal, it's like ten minutes. Yeah. And the best part is his brother doesn't even question why he's fighting a jacket to begin with. When he comes downstairs and he's you don't ask what the hell's going on, he just starts helping him fight a jacket. For all he knows, his brother's gone crazy. The, the best part is in the middle of that, where the the older brother was like, "I'm gonna act the shit out of this," and for like I don't know four or five seconds, like he holds the jacket out like nothing's going on. And all of a sudden, it starts up again, and he's like, <laughs> he's like, like they fight their way into the kitchen, and like, yeah. yeah. Just and then Reggie, shit. his name Reggie shows up. <laughs> That's the fucking best. He's like, hey guys, what's going on? He's like, <laughs> holy shit. He's, he's like, hey man, you want to want to come hang out with me when I sell ice cream to a bunch of kids? <laughs> what a like, what a loser. Like, how do they not like? <laughs> I I don't know. I don't know. Oh god! Mm-hmm. But yes, yeah, the jacket fight. I digress. The jacket That's fight number one. five. I should have that on my list, but I don't. That's a good one. Um, Alex, number four. My number four is the orb. I was waiting for it to come out, and then it finally did, and I was not disappointed. It was a great. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say it's a great practical effect, but it was a great practical effect. Comes in flying, like something out of a Sam Raimi movie, like sideways. It has the two forks that embed into the groundskeeper's skull, and then the Phillips head screwdriver that comes in and drills into his brain. Yeah, that was awesome. And then it starts sucking the blood out of it. Oh man, what a great device! <laughs> it's got everything. It's a Swiss Army Army uh, orb ball, ball Swiss Army ball, Swiss Army ball. Yeah, so I was, I was disappointed when it got taken out like a chump. Yeah, I have a little uh, more to say about this ball later. So do I. All right. Yeah, I wish there was more screen time, but there it is. I'll let I'll let you guys have uh, more ball time. All right. Uh, so my number four is what the fuck's up with these Jawas? Um, <laughs> at least we kind of know what they look like underneath now. Question mark. Although... They're uh, they're brown and low to the ground. They're small, brown and low to the ground. That's right. So the kid says right. Um, yeah, I just I mean this is seventy nine. Star Wars is seventy seven. Eh. Mm-hmm. Didn't even like oh, who was the band that got in trouble for having it? Was it Pink Floyd had Jawas on their album cover and got sued? Like <laughs> everyone wanted to steal Jawas, even mm-hmm. Phantasm. So, but they succeeded because they didn't have glowing eyes. That's the thing. Yeah, there you go. Ooh, so anyway, Jawas I guess, surprise appearance. 
I gotta say, the way they were introduced, like something you see out of the corner of your eye, that was pretty interesting. Yeah, like when I they were like first that. at you the cemetery, that like was a, pretty cool. Yeah, the back of them, and like disappear like uh, into like a gravestone or something. It's like, holy shit, what was that? Escapada, Bugatti. <laughs> 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 um, all right, Scott, number four. Uh, number four was uh, the ripping off of Dune. <laughs> yeah, also honorable mention. Yeah. And it put me to sleep, so I agree with you. Yeah, yeah. The, uh... <laughs> so, early on... So, okay. I, I guess this can all be explained away because it was a dream or some bullshit. But basically, um, up until the very end, you don't know that. And I was like, what the fuck? Because uh, the kid goes to visit the the, the friendly local neighborhood uh, fortune teller who's yeah. psychic. Grandma. Because the, the granddaughter understands everything that she's like tele telekinesing to her and then they magically make this box appear and make him put his hand in and then like they tell him not to fear even they even go so far as you know yeah, fear, don't fear. fear fear will kill you don't fear don't fear like you're not even she, trying guys terrible. not even trying but then this is the kid doesn't think anything of the it. movie like the kid hmm well this all happened way before the movie so this is straight from the books Either way. Just saying. Yeah. So Pretty forward forward so, thinking, ripping out the book. So the, the the funny thing about the funniest thing to me about all that was uh kids like fine with it. Like that this magic box exists and that there's these creepy telekinetic like women living down the street. Yeah, it's no big deal. But the second like <laughs> He sees somebody like lift a coffin. He's like, "Oh my god!" That, uh, no, that's true. true. It was, I don't know, was not consistent. I yeah. don't know. Right afterwards, when he leaves, and the <laughs> the grandma and the granddaughter just high five each other, they tricked the sap into taking his money. <laughs> Probably that was awesome. So number four, uh, ripping off Dune, <laughs> and ripping ripping off Mikey. Gom Jabbar. He is the Quizek Sadarak. Hey, is this kid a real bald winner no? I don't think so. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh. And then you, I just saw the tagline of this movie. Do you know what it is? <laughs> no. <laughs> if this movie doesn't scare you, you're already dead. Pretty terrible. I guess I'm dead. Yeah. All right, Alex, <laughs> number three. My number three is the tall man. He was great. He could have been like a a silent, like just stoic, scary figure in the background, but I like that he actually had a personality. That he had like his face, like emotions and stuff were great. <laughs> the funeral's about to start. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome, boy. And he's making faces and everything. Yeah, even has a sense of humor when <laughs> he he bends his fingers after they've been chopped off. He's like. I've been. He was like, I've been waiting for you, and then his fingers grew back. I was like, ah. Yeah. This is my number two, and uh, him, and then specifically that nightmare sequence when he's when the boy wakes up and he's staring down at him or whatever, and the guy's no, he's of staring a... out at the camera. That's a fourth fourth wall break right there. No, but the boy looks. The boy's looking up at him. Right? Isn't he? Is it the, the guy? Pen? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, 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 he's yeah. He, the tall man standing over him, and then yeah, and 
that one scene was spoiled because as i mentioned before like that bravo's 100 scariest movie moments that mm-hmm. moment made the list uh, which i don't get i thought there, i always thought when i saw it's not that scary but but i remember like who's that dude is it like eli roth i think he said like that was the scariest thing as a kid and after that he could never go to sleep and look open his eyes or something <laughs> like, i don't know why but i think it's because yeah because the tall man is looking directly at the screen and stuff that's a that's a cool scene it is. I liked it, but I was a little disappointed. I thought there'd be more to it. Like, oh, this must be something set up or something. And it was just kind of like, yeah, all right, whatever. But I still liked it. For this movie, it was. I could, it's definitely something that I liked. So, but that was that's my number two. So I don't know why I'm talking about it. Hmm. Oh, because I joined <laughs> on your tall man. Yeah. Uh, all right, but number three is when he does chop off his hand. Where so. When he slams the door on him, and the hand just sit there flopping and tapping on the thing. He doesn't even realize it at first. And then he turns around and cuts it off, and the fingers are all twitching, and the yellow... Yellow blood? It's like, yeah. whoa! Yeah, I did not see that coming either. Yeah. Gross. So, and that, that comes right after the ball, the ball, the first ball of the face uh, sequence, too. So I was like, what the hell is going on here? But yeah, chop off hand moment is my number three. So, so Jeff, for the, the chop off hand thing... Did, did it make any sense for the, the kid to grab the finger? Like, <laughs> no, well, like, I wouldn't want nothing. Brother, I wouldn't I want anything. I guess, I mean, plot-wise, yeah, it makes sense. But, like, I, if I was in that situation, I would not want to touch one of those fingers. Nope. Well, maybe you have to convince uh, King's Landing that the uh, whites are real. Uh, and you have to bring something back. That's true. Them. That's true. <laughs> no, I would I'd step on it and run away as fast as I could. Mm-hmm. So, Makes sense. I agree. All yeah. right, uh, Alex or Scott, number three. Three is the the sphere death ball thing. Uh, shooting out an impossible amount of blood. <laughs> and bonus points <laughs> when when the kid's looking down, or when the kid the camera pans down to where the kid's leaning against the wall, and you see that the guy's pissed himself, and there's piss all over the floor. Oh yeah, like. <laughs> that scene goes from like ludicrous like <laughs> impossible amount of like physics and like the way the body works to something very realistic how uh, you might piss yourself when you die so <laughs> mm-hmm. it was weird it was it was in, in a way the pee was more disturbing than almost anything else in this movie that that somebody thought like hey you know what happens when somebody dies in this in this scenario that he's going to pee himself we need to have pee on the floor. And the director was like, fuck yeah, we do. And yeah, there <laughs> yeah, was. Piss all over the set. There's piss all over the floor in one scene. So, death ball. <laughs> nice. Number three. Right. Alex, number two. My number two is uh, Mike. I got to say that kid is, <laughs> I mean, not that he's a great actor, but he was the best actor in this movie. Besides the tall man, of course. <laughs> but yeah, I thought he did a pretty decent job, and I actually liked when he was in the mortuary, in the mausoleum, and then the tall man's down the hallway, and he just goes, uh, shit. <laughs> and he starts booking it. Yeah. yeah See, so he had some really good moments. And also some, yeah, like not getting out from under the car, that was really dumb. But other than that, I thought he did a solid job. Oh yeah, he was, he was yeah, a, a bunch of terrible actors, like... His brother and the other guy, Reggie, they were terrible. Oh, his brother, what an asshole. He's just going to leave town and leave his brother alone? Yeah. He's like 12 years old. I like, I like, yeah, he's 13 now. I like, I like how his, the older brother is constantly like 
<laughs> you stay here by yourself, or you go there by yourself, or you do this thing by yourself. Like, it's never, like, <laughs> come with mm-hmm. me and I'll keep you safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, uh, well, my number two is the Tall Man, specifically the nightmare sequence that we talked about. So, uh, Scott, what's your number two? Uh, number two, um, going back to Jeff's thing, and I have here written down, being chased around by goddamn Jawas. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've we've said enough about this. The You're just tiny, you know, tiny corpses. Maybe, maybe if we did, maybe if we didn't know what Jawas were, the effect would have been, I don't know, more effective. <laughs> I don't think but so. But the whole time, I'm just like, oh, they're being chased by Jawas. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this came out in '79, which meant it was being made in '78, possibly written in '77. Is it is it a coincidence? Is it um, possible? Pretty sure this movie was written, shot, and released in the same year. Maybe yeah, in the same six months. Yeah, you're probably right. to, to To that point, again, uh, reading through the trivia, they say that the guy, they filmed it on weekends because the guy rented film equipment. In order to save money, he'd rent it on a Friday. So he'd get it for three days, but only have to pay for one. Yeah, um, smart. It's nice. <laughs> So it's a total indie movie. Uh, I don't. I don't know if I'd call it an indie movie. I like. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess you'd call it an indie movie. Yeah, the opening sequence was just phantasm, and then that was it. The movie started. All right, I'll give him some credit for that. Kind of Kevin Smith in this shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> clerks, clerks it. All right. Um. So we're at uh, Alex's number one. My number one, and <laughs> I liked, for once, I liked that the entire movie was a dream, because it kind of was explains... It though? <laughs> I See, that's why I don't like the after he wakes up bullshit part. Because it's like, well, that, okay, whatever. But the previous parts, I do like that it was a dream, because it explains all the shitty editing, because that shit happens in dreams all the time. <laughs> that is true. What the hell happened? What? <laughs> Uh, all the stuff like in his room, like that. <laughs> yeah, big... That's a great point. I never thought our dreams are the worst edited pieces of shit ever. <laughs> yeah, right. Maybe how you're... the fuck maybe... did I end up here? Maybe you guys. <laughs> oh, sorry. Scott wins Academy Awards for his yeah, dreams. Yeah, I do. <laughs> uh, the kid was 13 years old, so he's all into space, and he even had that uh, shot from the moon, that shot of Earth from the moon, big wallpaper piece, which my aunt had, by the way, in her room, uh, back in Mexico. Which is pretty awesome, by the way. I wish I had that. So the whole sci-fi, you know, working in <laughs> the sci-fi twist at the end. And also, like, the people just appearing in your dream and then disappearing just as fast. Like, those twins? What the hell? Where'd they come from? All of a sudden, he was at a knick-knack shop, and then they get attacked by the Jawas, and then <laughs> they're gone forever. They weren't twins. Whatever. They were both blonde. Close enough. The one of them was named, it was like Susie and Sally were their names. By the way, yeah, they were, <laughs> they were twins. Then they were twins. But but anyways, and then the brother like disappearing at times and and stuff like that. So yeah, I don't... for once it makes sense that the kid was having the whole thing was a dream, and he didn't show up. He didn't study all year for his finals. Next thing you know, he's taking them. Yeah, that scene. Yeah, <laughs> his underwear was off. Yeah, he wasn't he wasn't wearing anything yeah, except yeah. his underwear. Uh, his teeth were falling out. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, my number one, you guys already talked about it, is Bald of the Face, 
and I have because I did not know anything about this movie, and so except for the tall man was in it, and I'm like, my comment is ball to the face. Holy shit, that escalated quickly. Like there was no <laughs> hint to this movie that there was like a, a gore fest or anything, and then that happened. And I was like, Jesus. Mm-hmm. And then it really doesn't do it again, does it? No, I think they wasted the, all the money went into that shot. <laughs> yeah, I was just like. Like at the very beginning, when the the guys are having the guys are having sex and the girl stabs, there was a little bit of blood there, but it's not that bad. And then this just out of nowhere, this it turned into they live or something. Not they live. Uh, dead alive. Dead alive. Thank you. So yeah, I, but it was still cool. I liked it, and uh, it's one of the few things I liked. Number one, mm-hmm. <laughs> Scott. Uh, number one is. Uh... The tall man, specifically, the tall man popping up. So, oh, I yeah. Bet, I bet, like, it happened a bunch of times in the movie, and every time it made me laugh. Like, which I don't know if this was the intended effect. Because right from the very beginning of the movie, when he's walking through the mausoleum, and tall man puts his hand on his shoulder and says, like, uh, the funeral is about to begin, sir. He's, like, yelling at him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sneering. Yeah. And then, uh... And then, yeah, he just like all the, it was like fucking Jaws from uh, was it uh, James Bond? Yeah, Moonraker? Or, or, not Moonraker. Um, from Russia with Love, maybe. But uh, yeah, where he would be like hiding in a fucking closet. All of a sudden, he would just be in places that he shouldn't have been, and it just got more and more goofy as the movie went along. Uh, at, the, at the end, when the kid's running away. All of a sudden, he just like pops up out of a bush, like Val Venus or something, and then, yeah. <laughs> and then, and then at the very, the very end, he's he's on a fucking coat hanger, like that's <laughs> on the door. Like he's saying, like, why? It doesn't make any sense. Just mm-hmm. him popping up and just always like, boy, just just him yelling, boy. It, oh, it made me, die, it, like, made me laugh every single time. Uh, also, the, this dude's name in real life, Angus Scrim. I know his name is scarier than he, than his character. <laughs> his real life name is scarier <laughs> Angus than his character. Angus Scrim. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, the the tall man. I can see uh, why this was, you know, a cult classic between the 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 death ball and the tuning uh, fork. Well, between the death ball <laughs> and the and the tall man and uh, <laughs> a couple of the scenes like where they're fighting nobody like uh, this so there's like a similar jacket scene in the car where they're basically fighting a robe Uh, but yes the the tall man is my number one who wins in a fight death ball or doctor ball Mm. (laughs) death ball doctor ball because death ball doesn't like he has to suck out blood or something and doctor ball is just a robot (laughs) and he has back to yeah, uh-huh. I don't know. I don't even know if that's true. But <laughs> all right, um, that's it with our list. Any honorable mentions? I have none. Uh, so uh, a couple things here. Um, again, going back to the trivia, the films according to the to the, to the trivia, the film's original running time was over three hours. What? <laughs> oh fucking shit! Like no, no scene. Is <laughs> it the, didn't edit the, anything? Yeah, the guy was like, "We spent money on the shit that's going in." <laughs> that was that's the only explanation for that. Uh, we always we already mentioned the Dos Equis product placement mm-hmm. of of all fucking things. Uh, I don't mention I want a fucking beer. Yeah, 
Honorable mention to the shotgun hammer. Oh yeah, I forgot. That, oh, that should have made dude. my list. Yeah, that was good. Like it's quick thinking. Speaking of fucking ridiculous things, but then it's you know, it's a dream, so that shit works apparently. Yeah. Uh, I, already, I, already, I was waiting for it to go off in his hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thing. Um, <laughs> why do you just use the hammer to fucking punch a hole in the door? By the way. Uh, anyway. Then he, what was he gonna do? Not use the shotgun shell? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. That, that, sorry, dumb question. Uh, again, the the. Oh, they should have mythbustered that shit. <laughs> I know. That's what I was thinking while I was watching it. Uh, just again, some of the dialogue. I already mentioned the the funeral is about to begin, sir. The after, after, there's a line after. I think this is after the jacket fight. Um. Or just before the jacket fight, I can't remember which. But the 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 older brothers now convinced that something's going on, and then they they've explained everything. And then the brother says again, "I don't know about that, but I do know one thing: something weird is going on up there." <laughs> yeah. Dead serious. Uh, Acting the shit out of it. Reggie showing up. Hey guys, I thought I'd drop by. You <laughs> like again? That's worth mentioning again. Like, like oh, yeah. kids are about to get out of school. Like. <laughs> Can you imagine if, like, <laughs> hey, you want to sell ice cream with me, sir? Like, it doesn't. <laughs> I just, like, uh, it's so weird. By the way, that guy's uh, baldness and ponytail. He yes. pretty much could have played uh, Comic Book Man. I guess he's not as heavy as Comic Book Man, but oh my yeah. god, that's I, I, that's a look. I, I, it, it is worth mentioning that, uh, honorably, as it were, when I first saw that guy, I'm like, oh, that guy's going to be dead in the next five minutes. <laughs> Yeah, I was shocked. Survivor. Yeah, he made it. Fucking made it all the way to the end. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one last thing, they, they there's like, god damn it, it happens like four or five times where they sneak into the house, the giant mansion. They know, but they they don't even fucking sneaking. They're just running across the lawn to the front door, like <laughs> kicking in windows. Yeah, like I get, yeah. I get it. Like you know, on the production set, you know, the lighting was set up. They couldn't do anything else. They couldn't move the the lights around. But yeah, they they always just running across the this giant lawn, <laughs> like with with no cover at all. Just it was silly. Uh, anyway, so yeah, that's uh, mm-hmm. honorable mentions for me. All right, Alex, do you have any or no? No, I think Scott covered them all. All nice. right, sounds good. Let's rate it uh, as usual. We rate on a scale of one to seven. One being absolute garbage. Uh, seven being perfection. So, Alex, what do you got here? Uh, I'm going to give this a four because this is a terrible movie, but this is a great, like, B-movie horror night. So go out and watch it with your friends. Have some beers. Drive responsibly. Okay. I will not be as generous. I don't need to ever see this again. So two for me. Um, I did not enjoy it. It, it. It's I would say it's bordering three. It's closer to a three than it is a one. But, yeah, I can't. I can't watch this again. So, two for me, Scott. Uh, barely a four for basically all the reasons that Alex said. Uh, okay. Like I, I don't know that I'd watch this on my own ever again. But yeah, as as a as a B movie Halloween horror thing. If somebody yeah, suggests, hey, what's a uh, the, yeah, great the, the, the Halloween B movie? Yeah, there's so oh, many things to to laugh at with other people in the room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic. See, not as good as Bad Basket Case, but it's good. Yeah, see, I feel ripped off. Like, I wasted two hours watching this when I could be watching other scary horror movies right now. But that's... Like Basket Case? Yeah, I'd rather watch <laughs> Basket Case. 
Yeah, me too. I, I will say, I, I don't know how long this movie was, but it did feel like it was over two hours. 80 minutes. Yeah. yeah it was less than two hours. <laughs> it, it didn't feel it. <laughs> All right. Uh, before we get into our list, we're going to do an old-fashioned beer break slash bio break. Beer up. Oh, sounds good. I have to go. And we're back. All that Dos Equis talk got me thirsty. Mm-hmm. All right. So for our crossover list, what are we doing, Alex? We're doing um, famous horror movie weapons. Or just ones that we really like. Right. All right, well. Yeah, my number on. five is the uh, the hook from I Know What You Did Last Summer. Oh, okay. I never um, really saw a hook used in any other horror movies and stuff, aside from, you know, hanging people on. So, yeah, I, I thought it was neat. What about Candyman? I never saw Candyman. Candyman. But, yeah, you're right. Candyman. I don't listen to soft-ass shit. <laughs> oh, 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 you don't. All right, it's a good one. Actually, well, it's not that good of a one. That movie's not that good. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. All right, well, my number five is not going to be that good either. And it's not from a movie. It's from a TV show. But I'll have to give it to Daryl Dixon's Crossbow in the Walking Dead series. Oh, nice. I think besides that and Michonne's machete are the two famous. Well, I guess Rick's revolver. I guess there's a few in The Walking Dead, but I guess his crossbow seems to be the most famous. Do, do they all? Do they all have alliteration like that? Rick's revolver, Michonne's machete. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Daryl's crossbow. crossbow. <laughs> <laughs> I guess not. I guess I answered my own question. Well, his name is Daryl Dixon, so he's got a literal uh, name. Okay. <laughs> uh, but and it makes sense in the you know. Where Michonne and him have weapons that can be reused because he's always reusing his the bolts and the arrows while Rick's needs ammunition. So anyway, I just thought I'd throw something in there that from a TV show. So Daryl, even though I don't like that show anymore, I did at the beginning. Scott, number five. Uh, number five is one of the most fucked up one on the list, but uh, it only appears in really like one scene, and that's in seven. Um, and that would be the uh, I don't I don't even want to get too graphic here, but the the uh, <laughs> yeah. the yep. impel, imp, impaling strap on if you know what I'm talking about <laughs> yeah we do okay enough said yeah, that was super fucked up but uh, did leave an impression <laughs> seriously literally that whole fucking movie so that's my All number right. five Alex number four that's a good one my number four, uh, uh, yeah, I'm going to say The Chainsaw from Texas Chainsaw Massacre with Pigface. So that chainsaw over... Mm, well, you'll have to wait until my number three. Okay. All right. Sorry. That's how I, I want to ask it once well, but I did. <laughs> all right. Cool. Um, my The rest of mine are all freaking generic. Goddamn, just... Easy ones. My uh, shining, the shining axe from the shining. Um, he gets one kill. With the shining, it, Jeff. Lots of Jeff. The shining. The shining. Sorry, I don't want to. You want to get sued? sued. <laughs> uh, chops down lots of doors. Only gets one kill, if I remember correctly, with it. But it's still just classic, iconic. So here's the axe from Janet. the shining. Uh, Scott, number four. Number four is the. Uh, I don't really know what else to call it, but the disc. From Predator 2. 
fucking, oh, fucking nice. love that thing. The glaive. The glaive and... But, like, the first time you see it, it's, like, in the, uh... The beef... The reload time you really see it is in the... The, uh... I don't know, packing plant? The... Just basically... Shitload of frozen beef hanging up. And just, like, mows through them. And Gary Busey. Uh, so, Predator 2 is a horror yeah. movie? Is it not? I'm asking. It's a crossover, right? Sci-fi. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's it's not. Yeah, it's definitely genre bending. But uh, I mean, I wouldn't say it's not a horror movie. I wouldn't either. I, I think sci-fi first, but it definitely has horror elements in it. So and and I and I need that station for something that's further on my list. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. A couple things on my list actually. Yeah, we do. <laughs> Alex, number three. My number three, and this one beat out the Texas Chainsaw Massacre Chainsaw because it's so rare. I mean, you don't see it get used only once, but in Predator, the first one, is Billy's giant knife. And I say giant knife because it's the size of a machete, but it's the shape of, like, a K-bar of a combat knife, which is odd. I've never seen anything like it. Billy... And I thought it was really cool. Something's all and you could, <laughs> And you could carve lines in your chest. Yeah, well, how else are you going to call the Predator over? Yeah. Bullshit, Billy. You ain't afraid of no man. Ain't no man that's hunting us. <laughs> that's awesome. All right, well, I'm using a knife as well, but I'm using a kitchen knife from the Halloween Michael Myers, specifically number one. It's, it's simple, but effective, and it's on Very the damn effective. logo. So, uh, mm-hmm. the Michael Myers kitchen knife. Scott, number three. Uh, my number three is the. <laughs> it's from half of the Grindhouse, uh, Planet Terror, uh, Rose McGowan's machine gun leg. Oh, uh, nice for me. Yeah. Uh, and that right here, we're dipping into my. <laughs> is this really horror at this point? But uh, I'm going to say that it is, and it, yeah, it, it was that's creative. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's my number three. It's the machine gun leg from Planet Terror. I need to watch. Have we done any of those? We keep talking about. It. We got. To, I'm adding that to my list. I want to do one that's just on the the trailers. We'll just do an extra long. We'll do the full grindhouse feature. Oh, uh, cool. I'm in. Oh, of course. So you're are in. we going to do 14? Maybe we should just do a top 10 at that point. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. All right. The, all my right. mind would all uh, be about the machete trailer. <laughs> well, there you go. That's fine. Mm-hmm. The mind will be about don't or Thanksgiving. Don't. Thanks. Yeah, maybe a couple of those too. <laughs> all right, uh, Alex, number two? Well, mine will be about my number two. And this only shows up at the very end of the movie, but Hobo with the shotgun. Oh, the yeah. Pro- Damn when it. the prostitute gets her arm just completely chopped off and she's got the bone exposed in her forearm and she uses that to stab the dude at the end. Oh, fucking brutal. Never seen it. Oh, Jeebus H. Is that not on my list? Yeah, it is. Oh. All right. <laughs> but there it is. Yeah. Yes. Jeff, my description does not do it justice. Uh, yes, yes, I was a shotgun axe. Oh, pizza rolls. Oh. oh. <laughs> yeah, but that forearm thing was way more visceral. And, ugh. Gross. Uh, is, it, is it like Rose McGowan? Not Rose McGowan. Uh, Rosera Darson's, Dawson's heel to the face of Kurt Russell at the end of that movie? It's <laughs> worse than that. Oh, okay, it's fucked up. 
Yeah. All right. My, my number two, keeping it classic as well, Jason Voorhees' Machete. Just going old school slasher films here, folks. Machete. Mm-hmm. That machete is awesome. Machete. So, that's my number two. Scott. <laughs> number two, and this I have it written down. Uh, the Ripley duct tape machine gun grenade launcher flamethrower nice. <laughs> from Aliens. Yeah. Uh, it's fucking rad. Uh, yeah, that, that's basically all there is to say about it. And she gets full mileage out of that thing. She she eventually tosses it because there's nothing else she can do with it except swing it around, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's got to carry Newt for Pete's sake. Yeah, oh, my, I uh, she should have saved a couple rounds for the exit. That's all I'm saying. She she was a little yeah she was a little vindictive. <laughs> she didn't necessarily have to do what she did on the way out. Yeah. <laughs> and if she was going to throw the whole goddamn bandolier of grenades, she didn't need to waste all the ones in their gun. But she was upset. I get it. Yeah. All right, Alex, number one. Number one. Whenever somebody brings up just horror movie weapon, it's got to be Freddy Krueger's claws. Yeah, that's mine too. Chivas H. So iconic. It's like, it's it's brilliant. Who thinks of that? Wes Craven. Yeah, fucking Wes Craven, that's who. <laughs> Uses it for everything. Brooks. I, I just say, add on to it, everything you said, and just also, like, I just know this is my favorite one instantly, because as a kid, I always wanted, like, I always wanted to be Freddy <laughs> for Halloween, but I just, my parents wouldn't buy me that, and just, but that's why I wanted it. I didn't care about the rest of this stuff. Like, I don't need the mask, I'll wear any kind of sweater, I just want the goddamn claws. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. Freddy Krueger's claws is my number one as well. So, so Scott. Number one is the Ash Chainsaw Hand. Nice. Yeah. yeah, I should have had that. It's exemplified in Army Darkness when he jumps up when he's in the pit <laughs> and it locks in place. Yeah, right into stump. Yeah, they, it's cool. So he does like cool. this, he does like this spin jump with it to to decapitate the, the first deadite. Yeah, it's, it's fucking rad. That's all. It is. Yeah, I thought Alex would have had that as well. Okay, all right. I have two honorable, or I have one honorable mention, and that is uh, the dead alive lawnmower scene. Yeah, playtime's oh, nice. over, or whatever he says, and just destroys all the zombies. Any from you guys? Uh, Freddy Claw, Jason Machete, and the flying CD from I Come in Peace. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. You go in pieces. It's funny, my Dolph wanted. Anyway. Uh, my honorable mention is from Rick and Morty. What's the guy's name with the balls on his chin? You're gonna die, bitch. <laughs> He's kind of like a the time uh, the timekeepers. Peter Griffin. <laughs> no, but it, oh. they go into like they do like an Inception type of spoof, and one of them is like a Freddy Krueger spoof, and his fingers are knives. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And he I just goes walking called. around going, "You're gonna die, bitch." <laughs> Hey, bitch, get back here. <laughs> he just talks like that the whole time while chasing him. Oh, man. It's hilarious. He's like, you can run, but you can't hide. <laughs> and then he's, they're just hiding, and he's looking for him everywhere. It's awesome. All right. Yeah, it's time for Alex Knows Sports. I'm Alex, and I like sports. Sports ball? Oh, hold on a second, Alex. I, uh-huh. <laughs> I, Jeff, I... I st- Correct me if I'm wrong here, Jeff, but did you have to catch yourself the last second there? 
Or did you go straight into the Alex No Sports? <laughs> uh, yeah, I was also yawning at the same time. It was, it was a combination. Was, yeah, <laughs> perfect storm. Not, yeah, anyway. Perfect storm of me thinking we're going to news and then going to sports and yawning. So, <laughs> okay, I thought I pulled it off flawlessly. Apparently not. <laughs> well, I was going to let it go. But anyways, <laughs> there was a great pandemonium at the WWE last night. Did oh, you guys yeah? hear about this? No, do tell. Yeah, yeah Seamus was up against the Moscow Mauler. <laughs> and apparently, the Moscow Mauler actually pinned Sheamus, and he won. But then he, uh, Vince McMahon came in, and he didn't want to give him the belt, so the whole melee started. It was it was insane. And now the Moscow Mauler's not getting paid, and probably won't get the title, and Vince McMahon's firing people. Did the Iron Sheik come out and hit somebody with his cane? Yeah, because everybody's a fucking jabroni. <laughs> Since when does the Iron Sheik have a cane? When, when he came out for uh, WrestleMania, way way after he's retired, when they really? when they, when they had yeah. the uh, Royal Rumble, I even remember this one. I thought, I thought Mr. Fuji was the one who always used his cane. Okay, okay so there was... so okay, I'm gonna break this down for everybody that's listening because I know we have a lot of wrestling fans. Uh, there was a Royal Rumble back in 2000 somewhere in the aughts, and they basically was it was like a anniversary style thing. And they brought back fucking everybody. There was some guy out there called the Goon that I remember specifically. That was a shtick mm-hmm. is that he was a hockey goon. Yeah, uh, There's a bunch of wrestlers that I've never heard of. Um, not that I followed it that closely, to be fair. Um, but it was a Royal Rumble. And they came out and like the last guy to come out was the Iron Sheik. But the poor guy could barely fucking walk. And so he had like a cane basically <laughs> to help him. And that's, he basically won the Royal Rumble because he hit somebody over the head with the cane and they fell out of the ring. And so the Iron Sheik won the, the that Royal Rumble. Hell yeah. <laughs> so just real quick to follow up on that. Adam was over and he started, I forgot what brought it up, but he started talking about, so you know, there's Chekhov's gun, there's Chekhov's, uh, in wrestling, there's Chekhov's megaphone. Yeah. <laughs> Chekhov's uh, Spanish announce table. Chekhov's thumbtacks. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's dying. He's bringing that shit up. All right, it's time for Neom News. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It was, yeah. Okay, uh, just a couple pieces here. Uh, the first thing is, I I don't know, it's it, probably the funniest piece of video or uh, viral, uh, I don't know if it was on Instagram or Twitter first, but uh, that's come out this year. Uh, there's some concert, somewhere doesn't fucking matter, but apparently at this concert was Insane Clown Posse. ICP. And Limp Bizkit. Uh, oh, shit. A- apparently, <laughs> apparently, there's some there's some bad beef. There's beef between uh, at least half of Insane Clown Posse and Fred Durst. So, <laughs> so this, there's this uh, a video that I saw on Instagram that it was, was posted by uh, my listener, Damien. Uh, that what Fred Durst is doing is is set Shaggy too dope, <laughs> who, who by the way is like six eight three hundred pounds, comes out from behind Fred Durst and tries to do a like a wrestling style drop kick on him. The only thing is he completely fucks it up. <laughs> he barely taps. <laughs> he barely taps Fred Durst, and then like five guys jump on him and drag him off the stage. It is the best thing <laughs> that I've seen this year. I'm still uh, just pictured in my head. 
I'm laughing about it. So anybody listening, <laughs> Man, in, gotta see this. like, do yourself a favor, look this up. Like, if it had been some like no, some complete nobody, it still would have been funny. But the fact that it was <laughs> this kid, like one half of insane clown posse tries to drop drop kick Fred Durst from behind and fails. Like just the, those words alone are <laughs> are hilarious, and there's video to go along with it. So nice. uh, if you're fans of those two bands, definitely uh, check this out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the other thing is a a review. Uh, I'm not quite finished with it, but I'm I'm most of the way through. Uh, recently added to Netflix, Maniac, um, starring Jonah Hill and Emma Stone, and others. Oh yeah, how is that? I like it a lot. Hmm. Uh, it it goes from kind of mm, it sometimes goes a little bit overboard with twee stuff, uh, you know, the kind of like that Wes Anderson kind of quirk. But then there's a lot of uh, like really dark humor uh, that I'm enjoying, and the, the sci-fi element, and uh, just the the characters are all great in this. Um, so yeah, I, I, I highly recommend this. Um, if anybody ever watched Brazil, uh, I, I think it's probably the closest thing that I can think of. Um, it's very like again, it's, it's like a cross between Terry Gilliam and Wes Anderson. Uh, and if and if you don't like either of those, please don't be dissuaded from watching this. Um, it does start a little slow, um, but once you're into it, uh, there's some some really good stuff. Um, and yeah, I, I definitely recommend it. Cool. Uh, and that's, yeah, that's it for me. Basically the only two things I wanted to talk about. Uh, mm-hmm. Alex, anything you wanted to mention? Yeah, two things also for me. Uh, I just finished Spider-Man, the PS4 video game, and Spin. it is great. Nice. A great story worthy of, uh, its own comic book arc. It was awesome. Uh, the open world is great. Just zipping around as Spider-Man is awesome. You know, this isn't like the web slinging mechanics aren't like uh, sky hooks. You can't just go off in the middle of space and still, you know, hang your webs on clouds and still traverse. No, you always have to have a building or a tree nearby in order to actually whip. Sometimes I found myself in Central Park, just like in in Spider Man Homecoming, just like, well, shit, <laughs> just have to, having to run to the to like nearest street so I can hook onto a building. And uh, web sling is actually easy enough if you want to do just the basic stuff. But if you want to get fancy and go fast, there, uh, like, there's really good layers to traversing. So that's all fun. The story's great. The combat is okay. My only criticism is that it borrows too much from the Dark Knight, but it's got enough uh, Spider-Man personality that it doesn't matter. It's fantastic. If you have a chance to play it, go play it. So did you do all the subquests and all that stuff too, or no? No, not yet. Okay. Some of the subquests are, yeah, they're okay. They're just chasing down stuff. I honestly, I just have more fun just whipping around. There's this thing where where you'll be just be whipping around, but you'll you have a police scanner in your suit, so you'll start hearing about, oh, there's a robbery over here, or there's an accident, there's a car accident, people need help, and then you have to zip over there. So there's a good excuse to not go to your main objective. And it also ties into the story in where, you know, Spider-Man's always, Peter Parker's always late to shit as well. Yeah, I had to stop these guys from hijacking an armored car. So yeah, all that is, yeah, awesome. And my other thing, the first time 
This is the first in HSF. I am going to recommend a Korean drama to everybody that likes something. That likes dramas, not just something. <laughs> that likes something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's called uh, Mr. Sunshine, and it is fucking brutal. I've only seen <laughs> the first two episodes, and it's dealing with a, a city called Jason in Korea at the turn of the 20th century. So it goes from 1900 to about 1905, uh, you know, around that time. And it's uh, pretty interesting how they go from still being like lords and stuff to um, modern soldiers and muskets coming in the U.S. like wrecking shit, leaving, which, you know, leaves like a bit of a vacuum so that the Japan it allows the Japanese to come and invade and occupy Korea. Uh, it's all very interesting, uh, very dramatic. It's very well acted. Like when I was watch, I was watching the first episode, and I legit thought it was a a movie, like a very well funded movie. The the special effects and the acting were top notch, so I recommend. Why is it called Mister Sunshine? I ha- I don't know yet. <laughs> okay. I got it. I have no idea. All right. Is this the Korean version of Mister Sparkle? <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> Sure, Chief. Let's but talk. Yeah, Why it's not? It's fantastic. <laughs> I will warn you, if you haven't seen a Korean drama before, uh, there are some parts where it's, it's overly dramatic and they have the uh, staring contests with the main lead <laughs> and, a, and the romance angle played in. But so far, yeah, it's kind of bad. But the rest of it is so good that I don't mind it in this one. It's really good. Yeah, the the Asian cinema, that always drives me nuts. The... The unrequited love angle. I never enjoy that. Mm-hmm. So, anyway. Yeah. But there's enough other stuff going on that it's keeping my interest. Like, solidly. So, yeah, there it is. Mr. Sunshine. All right. Um, well, for me, I went to uh, Universal Studios Hollywood Horror Nights for the first time ever. Out here in uh, L.A., obviously, not the Florida one. And it was pretty cool. Um Crowded as heck. Mm-hmm. Uh, luckily, we spent the extra money and got the front of the line pass, which was pretty damn expensive, but was worth it. The lines were like 150 minutes for some of these. Like, there's a new Stranger Things maze, and there was a, a Poltergeist one and a Blumhouse. All these ones were really long, but um, it was a, it was a lot of fun. One? Hmm? A Blumpkin maze? Not a Blumpkin one, a Blumhouse oh. one. Oh, not interested. Um, so if you if you're into that stuff, uh, I would definitely recommend it. Go in at least once. Um, some of the lines, like I said, are pretty goddamn ridiculous. <laughs> but uh, at least the experience once. Like I think I preferred the Knott's Berry Farm ones better, but this one has the IP, so it was really cool to be chased by Michael Myers and uh, the stranger going to the Stranger Things house, which wasn't as scary. But you get to walk into the you know Will Myers's house. You get to go into the the school. You get to see all that stuff. Really cool stuff. The Poltergeist one. Oh man, that goddamn clown in the boys' room. Oh god, it was a uh, it was pretty good. And uh, so definitely recommend it. Um, but just yeah, expect a lot of long lines. Uh, this is the first time I've been to Universal in twenty years, so I got to see like uh, Simpsons Land and uh, Harry Potter. Town was closed. You get to see that. But... Harry Potter Town. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I got a beer at Moe's and a beer at uh, 
the Duff Brewery, so that was kind of cool. Nice. Although, I guess, I don't know if it's like this. Obviously, it's not. But they were playing, like, the Treehouse of Horrors soundtrack in the Simpsons. Oh, the whole time. Nice. But it gets a little old, because that's the only place where they really serve cocktails. So we were there a little bit more than other lands. And so that it was starting to get a little <laughs> on our nerves. But uh, it was fun. Uh, so, yeah, I'd recommend it if you like going to that stuff. Um, and I think our favorite was the Puts Poltergeist. Just the little girl in front of the TV. The, ugh, everything was pretty good. So that's my review on that. And then I forgot to mention this a while back. You guys were talking about that. Um, speaking of Simpsons, Matt Groening fantasy yes, Netflix show. Disenchantment. Uh, disenchantment. I yeah. watched the first couple episodes and uh, I gave up. I did not like it at all. Um, it felt very Simpsons-y to me. So you could see that Mac or anything, but I did not like it. Oh. So I don't know if you guys ever got around to watching it, but. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I watched the first four episodes, five episodes. I went about yeah. that deep, yeah. I should watch the rest. So, I mean, you guys didn't finish it, so obviously you didn't love it. Uh, yeah, I didn't I didn't love it. Um, there were, it was enough to keep me interested, um, but. Yeah, it just none of it. Like there weren't too many home runs. I guess maybe yeah. that's a good way to put it. Like, uh, the like the funniest joke that I saw the whole the whole time was uh, they they were sending out invitations to the village or like throughout the town, and instead of like carrier pigeons or messengers, they 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 had a bunch of turkeys. <laughs> so they tied these notes around the turkeys and just sent them running down the street. That was hilarious, <laughs> but that. That's about the only thing that comes to mind. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, that's all I got. So unless you guys have anything else. Nate? Nope. Oh, right. yeah. One last tidbit. Yeah. Uh, the guy that directed Phantasm also directed Bubba Hotep. What? Yeah. Wow. Oh, God. So I'm not looking forward to next week, apparently. Oh, don't worry about it. It's, it's Bubba Hotep is way better. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. We at Hans Shop First would like to thank you for listening and supporting the podcast. We would love to hear from you, so feel free to contact us on Facebook and Twitter at Hans Shop First. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are greatly appreciated and help us get more exposure. Once again, thanks for listening and supporting the podcast. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> it'd, just be be- it'd just be better if you told me I was like a scumbag and told me to fuck off like that. <laughs> I'd feel better about myself after that.